Thank you for giving me a safe container to experience that moment of absolute self-forgiveness and self-love because that is what I took away with me. That is what lives in me now. And just hearing you um, recap that moment, it's like my body remembers that feeling. And, and so that's what I get to return to at any time I choose. That moment of absolute empowerment. Like, I am limitless. And this is what it feels like when I am truly in my own essence. Welcome home to the Lindsay Martin Ellis Experience. This is your virtual sanctuary where we keep it light while going deep and ground spirituality into the reality of what it means to be human. We explore consciousness, evolution, alternative health, all things truth, taboo, and beyond. There are no boxes or rules here. Tune in each week where myself and raw and real guests will be sharing our lived experience through a multifaceted lens to support you no matter where you're at on your journey. This is a sacred space where spiritual principles and universal wisdom are accessible, simple, and digestible because all are welcome here. It is your birthright to remember the magic and miracle that you are. You ready to be inspired? Let's do this, love. Welcome back to the show, Soul Fam. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to be coming in like so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Um, but I'm excited to share this episode. Normally this week would be a solo cast and I feel like there's so much that I want to share. <sighs> but a lot of it got covered in this episode with one of my clients who graduated from my signature group program. She's also a colleague, a soul sister. And um, yeah, Michelle Leeper and I, we we touched on a lot of the themes that are happening in our lives <laughs> and how there's so many synchronicities. And let me just tell you, I, I had this epiphany where I want to get raw and real with you for a minute since, you know, the solo cast is coming again next week. I had a week of crying pretty much every single day, <laughs> pure exhaustion, no motivation to want to do anything, feeling like I was running out of time, not being able to be with myself, like really needing to quiet the mind, but just, just not going there, like not allowing myself to go there. Um, just wanting to consume, feeling like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do for the baby. Chad and I are moving again in North Carolina because we're in a temporary living situation. And I was just feeling so much pressure and I wasn't, I was, I was like resisting just the melting. And then all of a sudden I had a breakthrough. I'm like, all right, I'm getting in the bath. I'm I'm taking all the stuff off of my phone, all of the apps off my phone. I'm turning off the television. I'm not playing any music when I get in the car. I mean, it was just like I went in quiet mode. I was like, I'm turning it all off, all the outside noise. And there's something that is being asked to be revealed to me. And I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid of meeting it, which is why it was so uncomfortable for me last week, 
because there was a sensation inside of me. There were emotions bubbling up and I was going into old patterns of avoiding to the point where I was even like, I'm done with the podcast. I'm stopping everything. I mean, it was it was like I am not adding anything new. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> and um, I mean, I was legitimately considering it. So then at the end of the week last week, I got in the bath and I, I just had no agenda. And finally, I just started crying and what emerged. Oh, by the way, Chad's also out of town. So I've been really by myself here and lonely. And every time he would call me, I would just start bawling my eyes out. And he's been extremely supportive <laughs> with my with my emotions and um, the pregnancy hormones are, are real and I can feel myself moving through this like new portal again of changes that are happening with my body in my body um, while anchoring in this new location that I'm living in and all of the things. So. That being said, I get in the bath, I start crying, and all of a sudden, these fears just started coming out of my mouth. These fears of, I don't, I can't even remember what they all were, but it was like, I'm afraid of being a mother. I'm afraid of the pain of labor. I'm like, what if I can't do it? I'm afraid that everything that I've built with my business is going to go away. I'm afraid that I'm going to have to sacrifice myself in motherhood and not do what my soul came here to do. And it's funny, as I'm talking about this, like there's tender spots that are coming up inside of me. And I just kept rattling off and facing the fears and meeting the fears and meeting the emotions and presencing. And what's hilarious is this is what I do in my work. So Michelle, um, like I said, graduated through my program and I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't practicing what I preach. I forgot what I know. <laughs> and I, I, so much of my conversation with Michelle, which you're going to hear is about the humanness of sometimes I forget. Sometimes I really go into avoiding, right? Like sometimes I, it happens. And the reason why is because my soul and my partner soul, my beloved partner's Chad's soul, and my little my little baby's soul all have a contract. We've co-created like the most high pressure situation. I mean, it's probably not the most, but it's pretty up there. Like we're going to have a child in the middle of moving, literally starting over. Like there's just so much starting over. There's so much new. There's so much freshness. Yes, there are already unknowns, but the unknowns are smacking me right in the face like there there's no avoiding the unknowns right now and so I'm at a deeper layer of of practicing what I preach I'm at a deeper layer of when all else fails can you be in the faith <laughs> like when when you have when you know when you don't know what's on the horizon and you really have no idea can you loosen the grips of control and just melt and and be in relationship with that. And so what I what I realized is I moved through last week pretty much what I teach in my work, which is my emotional alchemy method, which is learning to allow what is coming up. And once you're in that space, moving into acceptance so that you can then alchemize what fears are present, 
what grief is present, what control is present, whatever it is, so that you can alchemize that into what you know to be true in your heart. And that's exactly what I did in the bath for probably like a two hour experience where I just was like, I'm meeting these fears head on and I am going to say them out loud and I'm going to allow them to viscerally move through my body and I'm going to be present with it so that I can then move into, I accept that there's a part of me that doesn't feel ready for motherhood. There's a part of me that doesn't actually believe that I can have the empowered birth that I'm desiring. There's a part of me that feels like I'm going to fail as a entrepreneur, that I'm never going to be able to get back to any sort of consistency or structure. Like the mind, my I felt like I was in a state of psychosis last week, which is actually funny because I also started delving into the gene keys again last week. And I have um, moving from psychosis to sanctity in two parts of my gene keys hologenetic profile. So it was just funny that that word was kind of coming up for me. And um, like my mind just like it was just it wouldn't stop. It literally wouldn't stop. And, you know, facing those fears, meeting those emotions, presencing them, stating them out loud, feeling them in my body, being with them, allowed this form of acceptance to be like, yeah, there's there's a part of me that feels this way. And allowing that and accepting that. And then what started to happen is it started to merge with the part of me that does know. It started to merge with the divine aspect of me that um, that is so trusting and has so much faith and knows that I absolutely signed up for this experience. I chose this experience and that spirit would never give me anything that I wasn't capable of handling. And that this baby, I talk about this in the episode with Michelle, like this baby, I'm creating the body. (laughs) I'm not creating the soul. This baby knows what he signed up for. This baby is coming in with a lot of wisdom and this baby is coming in with a lot of energy to support the transformation that's happening for Chad and I. So we're being thrown into this growth trajectory of how like of how all of this is going to fit into our lives. And and it's wild on top of, so it's just, there's just so much, <laughs> there's so much that's coming up for me around, what if I fail? What if I get it wrong? I mean, it literally kind of almost feels like death in my body. What if I make the wrong choice? And the reason why I I shared this is because I am no longer ashamed of sharing out loud when I'm in my shit. Like I was kind of, I needed to be talked off the ledge. My poor husband, I'm totally going to bring him on to an episode. He's very shy when it comes to things like this. (laughs) He's more of a like intimate one-on-one kind of person, needs some time to kind of warm up, but Gosh, the amount of support he's given me (laughs) um, has been pretty remarkable and it's making me love him even more. It's making me so excited to do life with him even more as a parent. Oh, I'm getting emotional again, but this time it's in just like, ha, you know, and I'm just no longer afraid of being like, I'm in it with you, (laughs) y'all. And Michelle and I talk about this a lot. And I know in the purest, deepest, truest part of me 
that this is the way that I want to lead. And I don't want any of my clients or anyone that follows my journey or anyone that, you know, goes to my website or goes to my podcast or goes to my social media for any form of support or inspiration. I don't want them to think, wow, she's got it all figured out. She's on this pedestal. Hmm. How do I get there? How do I get to her? How do I get, how do I get to this level? Right? Because again, that's not how this works. And I know that I'm being asked again to be like, oh, you think you know how to alchemize emotions in your body? Oh, you think you know how to transmute whatever experience gets thrown your way into something masterful, into something greater than you could even comprehend? All right, we're going to, you know, shake things up again. And I believe that this is what we're going to continue to be presented with through our human experience. And so, gosh, Michelle, we just, it felt important to share this story because I actually recorded this with her while I was in the middle of moving through these things. And it felt timely to bring her on. And we have a very profound connection, Michelle and I, and her, her, her childhood is something beyond that my mind can't even comprehend as to what she experienced from sexual abuse in the church to a extremely strained and complicated relationship with her mother running away from home at the age of 11, um, single motherhood, addiction. I mean, just she's so boldly and courageously is sharing her experience from this place of empowerment of of truly accepting and accepting is not even the word but just truly recognizing what she signed up for and what she signed up for to, tra- to transmute and I've known Michelle for a long time now and I I the woman that <laughs> is you know, that I had this conversation with is it's like, I don't even know who the woman was that I first met several years ago. And it's, it's just really inspiring and and really beautiful. And again, this is where, um, even though, you know, she's taken my work as a client, I mean, the, the amount of times that she has been a part of my healing journey, that she has inspired me, she continues to inspire me. She continues to remind me to keep showing up for myself and um, keeps she keeps reminding me to be intimate, to be in my truth, forgiveness of self and other. I mean, there's so many themes that I'm just in awe of, of kind of what she's moving through. So please make sure you, you, you tune in until the end. She's got an upcoming group embodiment experience called Becoming Sanctuary. And I'm delighted to be a small piece of, you know, like opening the portal for her to activate herself in the realm of embodiment and to really move through a lot of the suffering she had as a child and, and, and again, activate and alchemize that into like her power. There's so much power that exudes from her, so much graceful power. She is a published author. She's in the middle of, she's writing, yeah, she's writing a lot right now. So she's got... Uh, one book that just got published a couple of months ago, another one that's being published next month. 
She, like I said, she's got her upcoming group embodiment experience. So in the show notes, if you are interested, you can check out her website and also book a call with her. There's also a place on her website to get on the email list. She's on Facebook and Instagram. And um, yeah, I really think that we took this conversation to a lot of different places, but you'll notice the themes are are there, you know, and um, thank you for letting me share my journey from last week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, so literally what I take my clients through, I am moving through on a deeper level. And what I realize now is now I'm like, OK. I just got reminded again of where I was in resistance, where I was trying to control, where I was losing faith, where I was going back into old patterns and programs. And now I have a deeper level and understanding of of this body of work that I believe is one of the like one of my gifts of of how to teach humanity to be with their experiences. I have a deeper layer of that now. Right. So now I can actually support people, support humanity, support my clients on an even deeper level. And so that's where, as I'm coming back full circle, there is no shame. There's no shame when I'm in those portals because I'm like, oh, there's wisdom I gleaned. Oh, yeah, I moved through this. <laughs> like I can tell my clients, yeah, I'm moving through this in deeper ways. And I imagine it's going to get deeper and it's going to get deeper and it's going to get deeper. And then I get to show people how to do it in a way that doesn't take them as long as it took me in a way that feels gentler in a way where they can notice the the signs of where they're avoiding or resisting. And that that's it. That's that wisdom lives in the experience. And what a gift that I get to be able to move through that to help people because it doesn't mean shit if I'm teaching something that I haven't lived myself, <laughs> you know, and um, and so I am. I'm coming like out of the other side of like, OK, it needed to happen that way. And and it's funny now I'm like so pumped about the podcast again. <laughs> and I'm like, how would I ever the fact that I had thoughts that I wanted to stop it, but it was because I was banishing myself. I was I wasn't actually myself like those thoughts were actually coming from the part of me that was afraid that was actually coming from the part of me that wasn't actually the truest part of me and so I can laugh at it now like this is why we don't make decisions in those states right and I'm learning the deeper meanings of surrender like every day is different for me some days I mean right now my whole body is actually in a lot of pain um, probably because I was, I resisted so much this week. Some, some weeks I am just, my body's feeling like butter. And then I wake up the next day and everything hurts. I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> like, How did I go from feeling like this to everything hurts? Same thing with my business. I'm feeling on fire. I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling motivated. And then I have three days of like, I want to stop everything. I can't do this. I'm done. I'm stressed. I need to create a safe environment for my baby. I need to reduce my stress levels. And it's because I'm actually not listening to myself. And it's also because I'm I, I'm really noticing that I'm being called to slow down. So yesterday after I had my big epiphany, 
I cleaned the entire house and I was like, where am I, you know, letting myself get so burnt out and so exhausted that I'm creating more work for myself? Like, can I honor the energy of where I'm at? If I'm feeling tired on the computer, then I stop. If I'm feeling like I want to cook a home cooked meal, go do that and then go rest and then go clean the kitchen. Like I was letting things pile up in my, in the different areas of my life. And it started to kind of create chaos all around me. And so I'm like, okay, where can I slow down enough to where I can not leave dirty laundry on the floor to where I can get ready to go somewhere and leave myself ample time to put my makeup away, to put my toiletries away, to not leave things just out without caps on. And I mean, this is the level of ceremony that I'm that I'm like, oh, this is ceremony. Like <laughs> life is sacred. Where am I just rushing through things? Like where am I not giving myself like last night I took a long shower and I did all this extra self-care and I like flossed my teeth and I scraped my tongue. (laughs) I did all of this extra, like all of these extra things for my skincare. And I did this whole like Abiyanga, like Ayurvedic massage. And I talked to my baby as I was rubbing oil all over my belly. And I'm just realizing like, what the fuck am I rushing through? Why am I rushing? Why am I rushing through life? Why am I, right? Like, why am I saying I need to do more of this thing? And then it's creating a disharmony in other areas that are so important right now, which is why I got so burnt out last week. So I'm feeling this deeper desire. And I'm sure this baby is also asking this of me because we all know, I mean, I've never been a mom before, but I know right? Ultimate surrender. Schedules go out the window. (laughs) And if I can be in the ritual of life now, then it's only going to set me up for success in, right, creating more pockets of space. Actually, Chad's reading a book right now called Margin. And it's basically that. Where can you create more margin in your life? It's actually about being an entrepreneur. Um, But it's like, margin where are you where can you create more space inside your mind where can you create more space inside your life so that you're not feeling like you're behind and you're rushing through things right so it felt important for me to share in this intro what I've been moving through because I want people to realize that I'm in a portal. I'm literally calling it a portal of fuckery with my friends. (laughs) I'm like, I'm in the portal of fuckery. And I'm just, it's like laughable at this point because it's like, did I really think that I was done? There was a part of me that was like, oh yeah, I got this. I know how to move. I know how to move emotions through my body. I know how to, I know how to move. I know how to do this. And then, and then it got to a point where I, I forgot and I, and I didn't, I, and I stopped and um and now i have this new layer of awareness that is so profound and i'm seeing how i want to live my life and how i want to show up for myself and how i want to navigate my day and of course knowing that there are going to be times 
where shit hits the fan and it's not going to be a ceremony or maybe it will be, but it's going to look real messy. But if like I could really do my best to set the intentions of how to navigate, right, waking up and making my bed and creating a ritual in the mornings and not getting on my phone and just feeling into what would feel good for me and creating space and not rushing to get on my computer and not trying to finish this thing on my computer because that's what I said I was going to do that day if I feel that my body is asking me to stop, right? And um, yeah, it feels very timely that I had this conversation with my beloved sister, Michelle, and um, and kind of what I've been moving through. So who knows what next week's episode is going to be about, but it's I, I really want to have the solo cast be about almost how my experiences are mirroring the guests that I'm bringing on my show in terms of deeper integration. And, and, and like, I really want people to see that I'm in it with you all. And I, I'm really just sharing (laughs) what's working for me and what's supporting from supporting me from this really grounded place of I have no idea what the fuck's going on half the time, but I know what love feels like in my heart and I know what truth feels like in my body. And I'm just going to keep following that and sharing it with all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode with Michelle. If you're ready to be moved, if you're ready to be like, I'm done being victim of my life circumstance, this is the episode for you. You'll feel her fierce feminine, but also just a warmth and a gentleness and um, like a reverence that is, like I said, deeply inspiring. I cannot wait to hear what opens up for you in this episode. Please reach out to Michelle and myself per usual. Share this with a loved one. Continue to rate, review and subscribe. You know, share the love. Reciprocity is real. If you're receiving, just please continue to give to others. There's so much that I put into this podcast, but I really do it out of love. I really do it out of service. Like it feels, it feels really good to be offering this to all of you. And so all that I ask is that you continue to support um, in whatever way feels meaningful for you. I love getting emails and messages from you all about, holy shit, I didn't know this about you or thanks for sharing this. All of it matters. All of it supports. All of it helps. All right, my loves. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and much love. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the show. I have my soul sister, client, colleague, priestess, (laughs) soul bestie (laughs) with me today. Do you have any other words to add to the list? No, I think that sums it up. (laughs) Michelle Leeper is here with me today. And I'm pretty excited about this because we have a a very deep connection and sistership. And you've really come out of your shell since I've known you. I've known a lot about your journey and your story. And there's more that you continue to share. And I don't know if I could do it if I was you. (laughs) to be honest with you. So it's deeply inspiring. I pulled a little excerpt from, not from your bio, but from, I believe your landing page for your upcoming 
embodiment offering. And I just wanted to read it. And I wanted that to open up the conversation in the container for you to share whatever you want to share about where you've come from, where you're at now and where you see yourself just continuing to catapult into the ethers with all of your growth and transformation. So this is what you said. You're like, I can see your face. You're like, so I didn't prepare Michelle for any of this. So for those of you, when I do take notes, it's usually in a meditative state. And I literally am like, this is what this is what we're going to cover. And then of course, Michelle also gave me this epic download last week of what she wanted to cover. And then we kind of fill the gaps with wherever spirit wants to take us. So this is what you wrote, Michelle. I spent much of my life disconnected from my body and subsequently not fully present in my life. I lived in my mind and intellect at war with my physical being, developed eating disorders, could not embrace being pregnant with my two boys, gave my power away to addictions, suffered from a lack of self-confidence and engaged in negative self-talk daily. So this was, you know, a lot of your story, a lot of your journey, and it moved me to tears when I read it. And it also gave me full body chills. And I would imagine that whoever's tuning into this episode, there's like a piece a nugget, if not all of it, if not some of it of like, oh my gosh, I've been there. Oh my gosh. I know what it's like to live in my mind. I know what it's like to be at war with myself. I know what it's like to hate my body. I know what it's like to not be present. I know what it's like to have, you know, all of this mental negative chatter. So let's talk about it. Where do you want to kind of start about yeah, who are you? And why are you why are you feeling so called to share your your journey and your transformation with the world at this time. Thank you, Lindsay. And thank you. It's always interesting to hear something that I've written quoted back to me. So the message that I hold in my heart is that we are not our circumstances. There were a lot of things that I endured um, from childhood through adolescence early adulthood that really might just take somebody out of the fight. Like you said, I don't know if I could have done it, you know, and I feel really blessed that my guardians and angels, beings of love and light have protected me along the way. Um, I just want other women to know that no matter what the circumstances were or, you know, the potential victimization that they may have experienced in their lives, that that is not the sum of who we are. Through this journey in particular, um, somatic embodiment, I was really able to, and a big part of that being assisted, activated by you, being in sistership with you, um, it activated the parts of me that were just waiting to melt. I was just ready, you know. Um, in this next piece that I've written for a book called Sacred Connection, uh, A Woman Reborn, I wrote that divine discontent came howling in the night, rattling my windows. 
and waking me from my slumber. And that exactly is the experience that I had when I felt a yes to get curious and dive into this type of work because I've tried so many different healing modalities. For me, this is what really kicked it all in, brought it together, um, connected the dots. And because of those results and in the way I get to show up in my life now as the woman that I always felt that I was, but wasn't really living, living as the woman that I felt that I was. So my, my desires were not matching how I was showing up in the world. My mind body disconnect really left this gap of how intimate I could allow myself to be with myself, as well as with my children, uh, partners, even in friendships. You know, so as a result of doing this work myself, it has completely changed how I get to be. And so that's the sovereign choice that I really want every woman to be able to embrace that they have. They have that inherent choice. We all do. And not everybody had a traumatic childhood. And that's okay because there's no comparison. You know, some people had very loving parents, very loving caregivers. But as humans, we all have something that created these fears and anxieties and this sense of unworthiness that has held us back in our life from really taking up and owning the big shapes, you know, really fully stepping into it. Um and I think that there's this limiting belief that some women have that it's it's arrogant or it's not polite, you know, things like that to be so shiny. And I don't know about you, but I have fully embraced my shine. And I know that I have this now. And this is what I want to offer to other people that they have access to this daily. It doesn't require anything but a willingness to do it, to embrace it, to let it take you where it wants to take you because our body knows we have all of that wisdom already within us. And so some of the things that I've experienced through doing the work that I've also witnessed other women experiencing is that sense of confidence, that sense of I am a divine creature. I am divine. I have my own answers. Um, Overcoming health challenges, moving those stuck emotions out of the body to create space for the things that we really do want to create and tapping into what that, that or those desires actually are. So it's the freedom. I want everybody to know that they are free and it's not a place that we go to. It's not a circumstance that we achieve. It's not a matter of success. Uh, It's a choice in our body to just be in it. It's a whole universe in here. It's amazing. (laughs) Beautiful. Oh my gosh. There's so many places I want to take that. But one piece that kind of stuck out that I want to present is 
just related to the traumatic childhood piece and just, you know, if, if, if you're listening to this and you can resonate with a traumatic childhood, beautiful. Right. And also if you're like, Oh, that doesn't feel like me because what starts to happen is right. We get in comparison mode or like my life isn't that bad. This person had it worse. Why am I feeling this way? Why do I have these thoughts? And what I found just through my body of work is that as children, we're sponges and it really could be the smallest piece of feeling like you're not heard or in order to feel loved, you need to do this. Or the form of abandonment could be a parent being 10 minutes late to pick you up from preschool, or it could be a straight up, you know, loss of a parent, which you experienced, or just a non-present parent for a multitude of reasons. And so I just really want a presence that I believe that the deeper, (laughs) the deeper, I don't want to say the deeper the trauma, but like the more life experience, the more that we move through, the more challenge, the more heartache, the more loss, the the deeper our ability to be able to transmute that and amplify that into, into greatness, into our highest potential. And so I just want people, you know, cause I I've been there before where I'm like, Oh, well, I didn't really have that. So I, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling inadequate? And so I want all ends of the spectrum, whether, right. Whether you feel like you can relate to this or not to know that this is what I believe by design right? We come in as souls, like I'm pregnant right now. We're going to talk about where you're at in your journey of womanhood and where I'm at. But I'm like, I'm not actually creating this human. I'm creating the body. This soul (laughs) is eternal. This soul has lived many incarnations. This soul is coming in with lots of wisdom. Yet when we're born, right? the forgetting begins to happen the moment that we come earthside. And then we have all of these experiences that pull us from center, that pull us from our essence, that pull us from that shine that you talk about by design in order for us to evolve. And so what I'm hearing from you, and when you and I both first met, we definitely have grown so much. How many years has it been, by the way? Three? Three or four. Yeah. Three, three or four. I'm, I'm so not on the linear time space continuum <laughs> though. So, you know, I know it's it can, somewhere time, in there. Time is funny right now, but I, I feel like you and I have really anchored this in like this is by design. And even though it's hard, it's still hard. You and I are going through it all the time. You know, you asked me when I came on here, how am I feeling? I'm like, in this moment, I feel fabulous. However, ask me in an hour. So I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that. And I kind of want to jump into, you know, you've written now you've, you've become a published author recently, and you're contributing to another anthology. And you're also in the process of writing your own book. And I kind of would love for you to share, um, can you maybe high level, like we don't have to go super deep, but in the voice message you sent me last week, you talked about some of the themes of your childhood and some of, and, and what you've had to really move through in the form of feeling it many years later in order to transmute it. 
Yes. I always say I'll see how this banana unpeels. <laughs> so um, I think, well, I know one of the biggest things that that came front and center for me while writing this next piece was um, the relationship with my mother and how that has affected me in so many years, even after not being, having her in my life, you know, it's been more about 35 years now since I've actually seen my mother because my childhood with her, um, was so intense, so intense on so many levels. Um, as a result of her trauma, her childhood abuse, um, and abandonment, I very much became a mirror for her experiences that she was not ready or at capacity, um, to, to look at, you know, so I, I sort of became this blemish on her ideal, um, Christian life, you know, so she had a lot of mental illness, addiction issues herself. And she had very high religious ideation when she would have her episodes. And being the firstborn and a daughter, it was a very tumultuous relationship with her. Um, in fact, in this uh, chapter essay that I just wrote, I talked about how, well, first of all, I want to say that <laughs> thanks to my mother, I've been baptized in eight different religions, you know, so if that gives you any perspective, there was this constant seeking for, for salvation, for validation for the love and approval that she obviously did not ex receive in her upbringing either. And so we know about um, passing along that ancestral trauma. I have forgiven my mom and I, I still don't completely trust her enough to have her in my life. So there was this dance when when writing about certain things um, that came to be when I was living with her. And I, I only lived with her until I was 11 years old. And then I essentially just left. I, you know, I got a Greyhound bus ticket. I had $10 in my pocket and a army footlocker and, and got on a Greyhound for four days to from Texas to Wisconsin to go find my dad. Um, I knew that my life was not going to become what it needed to become in that environment. And I was fearful of my safety and my sanity, <laughs> you know, so a lot of the, the religious ideation came up, um, you know, feeling that reminding myself the tiger is not actually running at me to eat me in this moment. You know, a lot of what I've written is now coming from a from the scar and not the wound itself. Um, 
And honestly, there is some tenderness. There's still some bruising around those that scar tissue for me. Um, because the relationship that we have with our mothers is the is the the most impactful one that stays with us, at least in my experience. So a part of that <clears throat> was um you know, I, I was molested by my minister when I was eight years old at the church that we were um, a part of at the time. And, you know, it's like, I knew that something very wrong had happened. And it's actually the first time that I, I remember <clears throat> leaving my body. And it's also the first time that I remember feeling shame. And so, of course, I went to my mother for comfort and safety, um, reassurance. And I told her what had happened. And her reaction was not what I expected. Um, it was very traumatic. You know, she, she basically called me a demon, told me it wasn't true. Why would I make up such lies? Um, slapped me across the face so hard I bit my lip and it started bleeding. It was in that moment because up until then I had loved her so unconditionally. I knew that she had had a very painful past as well. And that's why I didn't really grow up knowing that side of the family. Um, and so, you know, she would cry. I, I remember her being, you know, so small and fragile and defeated and in a slump, you know, on the floor and between the wall and the bed, crying. And it was like all I wanted as a little girl was to make her feel better, you know, to protect her. Um, and then when it came for me to be the one that needed protection, she completely denied me, abandoned me. And it was never the same after that. So how it affected me growing up is that I fundamentally believed that there was something wrong with me or that I was somehow different and deserved to be punished. Like I was sinful, you know, um, the embodiment of Eve. I, I made the wrong choice somewhere and I was just going to be persecuted for it for the, the rest of my days on planet earth, you know, and who knows for how many lifetimes. So there's a lot in there, but, you know, and I'm going to take a moment just to breathe now because that's some pretty dense yeah. energy. And I continue, I continue to release. It's not a once and done process for me. And I, I, I don't believe that it is for anybody else either. Like just when we think we're there, whole another layer presents itself and gives us the opportunity to up level, you know, integrate and yeah. keep growing. So, um, yeah, my relationship with my mother really affected my self-esteem and I hid. I, in fact, as a child, I remember hiding in my locker at school and not wanting to go out for recess, you know? So th there was definitely a lot of shame and guilt that I carried around with me. And it wasn't really mine. 
it wasn't really mine. So that's been a, a huge part of my healing process and what I have offered, you know, if this is something that resonates with others, you know, we are, we are never alone. And I've, I've realized through really embracing um, the courage to share parts of myself in this way that we are all connected on some level, whether that was your experience or not, the, the feelings and the oppression that is something, you know, oftentimes accompanied with those feelings is the same. And that is the stuff that we get to let go to really fully step into our, our highest selves in our full potential. And I haven't graduated, you know, I don't know about you. I haven't graduated. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a student, you know, and, and what I have is to offer my experience, you know, hoping that that's going to be in some way, in some part, a survival guide for others that are still in the pain and searching for the path. So there's a little nugget, (laughs) a little deep nugget. I really just want to thank you for, for sharing it. I know it's one thing to write about it, right. To, to take pauses and to be with yourself and, um, intuitively, you know, I'm like, okay, how deep does Michelle want to go, right? How deep does the, the essence of Michelle want to go in this conversation, Um, And I know that that's just scratching the surface on what you experience, but I just, you know, like 11 years old, right? I would, I would say at least in the Western world, the majority of what little 11 year old girls are thinking about are not that, right? They're not leaving home. I mean, I can't even imagine. And I remember reading about that or hearing it from you. I don't know. Now I've like read it in so many ways and heard from you and, we have a deep connection. And so there's always like a deepening, like the baptism in eight religions, I believe you said, like that was something that I didn't know, right? Like there's just always more and more and more that I continue to learn from you. And I want to talk about, so we met in an intimate sisterhood container three to four years ago, but who's counting? (laughs) And there was like this remembrance with the both of us where we also like there was this piece where we illuminated each other's shadows in such a profound way. And also I can't even put words to it. It was like, we were supporting each other at exactly what we were moving through. And at the time, of course, I didn't know so much of of your journey. And it's like that container And you didn't share a lot of that, actually, but you shared other parts of yourself, right? It's almost like I feel what I learned about you was more present and then kind of moving like backwards in time, right? It's not like you were like, this is where it started. It was just like the unraveling of your experiences. And of course, I would do the same thing. This is what I've been through. And this is what the sisterhood container was all about. And what I recognized is... So many of us, I feel like you really reminded me that 
we really have no idea where people have come from. We have no idea what people have been through. We have no idea how many masks we all wear as a human species to protect ourselves, to hide. Um, and I'm so grateful for that container. And I'm so grateful that you and I just like dove in. We just dove into it and we didn't make each other wrong for it. And we kept just leaning into what is this? Why are why are these shadows? It was like the perfect storm for us to really look at the parts of ourselves where we were protecting ourselves. So I don't know if there's anything that you want to want to add to that, but I, I believe that the world is craving intimacy more than ever and vulnerability. And it takes a lot of courage to share what you just shared publicly on an open platform where anyone can listen to this at any given time. And you've done it in these intimate containers. And now you're practicing sharing it more openly and publicly. So let's kind of speak to that. Anything you want, anywhere you want to go with the importance of those, those types of containers, how they allow us to practice and how it's supported you in kind of where you're at now and, and how you've had the courage to share. Well, first of all, I just want to say it's actually easier for me to share with my words, my experiences. I am stepping into and embracing uh, the identity of author, but it's a completely different uh way of self-expressing like I essentially am a storyteller and at this point an open book in more ways than one um so I don't really feel any resistance around sharing you know my stories because I do believe that there there is um an element of something that someone needs to hear in that moment moment to moment so while we were in that sistership container, it activated so many things with me, our relationship with each other. I mean, obviously, this is not our first rodeo here. You know, uh, we've said it many times before. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that we've been, you know, sisters in another life. Um, one of the most beautiful, profound things that came about from being held in that container um, was my ability to heal my sister wounds and to begin trusting and celebrating other women without feeling the need to compare myself or to get into to jealousy. I'm not saying that those things were never present. They certainly presented themselves. They were offered for me to take a look at, investigate, get curious with, play in, practice with, um, and really cultivate the types of relationships with other women that I've always craved. You know, so yeah, sometimes our shadows would would bump each other and and it would, you know, cause a reaction. But because of the women that we are, you were like my perfect, you have been in many ways my perfect practice partner, you know. And 
we mirror each other in different ways. So you really provided a safe journey for me as I became willing to engage in a way that was completely different than the relationships with women that I had grown up with, thinking that that was the dynamic, you know, as women were were pitted against each other so often in our culture. And it is an incredibly powerful thing to fully support another woman in her journey with her dreams and and just all of that. And to not take shit personally, like I'm not there yet, or I don't look this way, or I don't move that way. You know, like it, it could be so many things. And so I'm grateful that you showed up and made the decision to participate in my life authentically hmm. with the shadow, with the light, um, because it gave me permission to explore in that arena as well and really create with you the type of friendship and, and sistership that I want to have in my life. You're, you're one of my most trusted friends at this point. And, you know, if I received anything from the experience of being in, in that particular sister circle where we met, it's that I know we are forever bonded, you know? So I'm excited for everything that's happening in your life. I am, it's an honor to be on the journey with you and, and to witness the unraveling as well, you know? So I see you, thank you for seeing me. And I know that you do, I really feel that. I think when I'm, well, first of all, thank you. I receive, I receive, I receive. And, you know, it, it takes a willingness. I think what you and I, brought to this relationship dynamic is the willingness, is the willingness to make mistakes, is the willingness to get it wrong, is the willingness to expose parts of yourself that you've never exposed to anybody and and to not make yourself wrong for it, right? Or to be triggered or to be reactive or to say something that you didn't really mean or it was coming from a wound and not the scar, which I love, by the way. I'm like, I might take that and quote you, right? It's like coming from the scar, <laughs> not the wound. Many times when we're in relationship dynamics, right? Like the wound comes up and there's reaction and we we just kept coming back. And, and, and gratefully, I mean, the container really set us up for success with that. Um, the structure of that, I think, this is why it's it's so much easier when you're in a supportive container like that versus trying to do it on your own. But it's really like one of these, my relationship with you in particular, right? It's 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 giving me hope for a future of where else can I be this intimate? Where else can I make mistakes? Where else can I be willing to, you know, um upset someone or hurt their feelings? just out of me being in my integrity with an open heart, where else could I potentially lose someone or have someone misunderstand me or not, you know, not know how to respond or handle me in my truth. And 
me operating from this purest part of myself. And so that's what it takes. And that's what I believe sets you and I apart. And this is why why I believe you and I are in this like quantum evolutionary shift because it's the willingness. It like you gotta, you gotta take the action. Like you gotta be willing to get down and dirty. And you and I know how to get down and dirty in the trenches, right? It's not like spirituality is not this like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and divine light and enlightenment. It's quite the opposite in order to have those ecstatic moments of bliss and joy and beauty and love and amazing relationship. It's like, you gotta get down into the shadow. You gotta go deep in order to rise up. So I'm curious, why did you say yes to joining my embodiment circle? Like, what was it that, because we were in this container and I think I made you and I was like, I feel like she's supposed to be in this. I was watching you soar. I was watching you expand. And I'm like, this feels like a missing piece. So again, willingness, courage for me to say, Hey, I feel like this could support you without any attachment to what your answer would be. And then you said, yes. So I'm just curious to know from your end, what was it? Because I think this, this goes for anything. Like sometimes we do need structure. We need containers. We need people that we trust. We need to do the thing where we're like, I'm scared shitless but I, I know that this is what I need in order for me to up level. So I'd love to hear your experience of that, of, of like making the decision, saying yes, because you sat with it for a bit, a couple of days, maybe, maybe a day. I don't remember, but you were like, hmm, interesting. This feel, I, I can't remember what you said, but it was like, I feel like this is a yes, but I'm going to sit with this. <laughs> so yeah, I want to hear from you in that area to support people with why they should say yes, like the container that we were in, right, was kind of this self-led container and and why we seek mentors along the way and why we say yes to certain things in order to kind of propel us into, this is something that I probably wouldn't do on my own. So I'm going to do this so that I can like feel what it feels like and then I can transcend it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that I was a, a full body yes <laughs> I just wanted to sleep on it. You know, part of my practice with myself has been um, learning to respond rather than react to to respect myself and give my, myself the space before responding or making decisions. Um, but you made it really easy. You know, even though we've worked with a lot of the same. Um, I don't, Well, maybe not a lot. We've worked with some of the same coaches and had some of the same, you know, trainings and stuff like that. But I think that because we were in this intimate container and had that daily commitment and presence with each other, that accountability, that I was able to witness your transformation and the way you hold space I don't even know if I have a word for it. It's beautiful, but you really do create safety. And I felt that, felt that radiating from you. There was also this element of just do the damn thing, you know? 
I know you're a Virgo and you have that high priestess perfectionist and I have tendencies with her. Um, but I know it was a huge deal for you to allow yourself to just embrace it, ride the wave and step into doing what you're doing now, which is helping and supporting many women, myself being one of them, you know, that's, that's been gifted uh, your support. What stood out to me was that you were very uh, authentic about your offer um, and just who, who you are, you know? And the message that I received from you was, it's okay to not have all your shit together to start something. You get to just make a decision and do it. You know, so it's like you, you activated that. You gave me the permission to do that for myself. And that created even more safety and a really deep love, you know, to, to be in the privilege of watching you sort of pioneer the path first, you know? Um, yeah, you have just supported me in so many ways and I know I'm not the only one you know so please receive that and um yeah I'm I'm really grateful to how you've shown up in my life and and what it's created in our relationship thank you love it's it's funny when things are articulated back because I don't I mean I kind of have an idea what I said but the piece around not having it all together or just, you know, starting, I mean, that's how I developed the program. And so I loved, <laughs> like brought that energy. I didn't even remember that I said that, or th that was the energy behind it. But, you know, that's a scary thing to really lead with your intuition and to have like a framework of this is what I feel it gets to be and really let spirit fill the gaps and to let it be co-created and to let the magic just unfold week to week. And let me just say that I'm so glad. So this is where it's like having the courage to ask and having the courage to say yes, right? Again, co-created. It's a two-way street, right? Like I get to ask, you get to say yes, right? And I will never forget, I still, like it's imprinted in my entire beingness the moment, I know, you know, the moment that you, you've had many moments in the container, but there was a moment and I know it's the true love song moment. And what I witnessed in you was otherworldly. It was, there was one, it was 100% the truest, purest, most powerful grounded part of you no effort just being just beingness and it was so deeply healing to me so this is also the piece right i received from you being in your integrity not needing to rush anything, not knowing, right? We never know when these moments are going to happen. You just kept saying yes. 
You just kept practicing. You just kept showing up. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, what just happened? My life will never be the same. And whenever I listen to that artist and whenever I listen to that song, it's just like, oh my gosh, your power. And I know again, that this journey was a small piece of it, but there's, it's a culmination of you being in your body, right? Like the traumatic childhood, the, all of it, like just so much of, and how that actually segued into your adulthood and parenthood and motherhood and relationships and work dynamics and everything. Like you have been unpacking and unraveling what so many would just be too afraid to reopen because of the pain. And now look at you, right? And and what I'm hearing from you is like, it's the experience. It's right. Like what you have is, is your experience and forgiveness and learning to trust and also being human enough to say, I'm still working through this. I still get tender. I still have my moments, of course, because we're human. And you're bridging that so beautifully with with the integrity of you sharing your journey and not trying to act like you've got it all figured out and be being forever a student. And again, I believe that this is what the world is craving more than ever. We don't like we don't need any more perfectionist people leading, pretending like they don't have any hurt, that they don't have any wounds, that they don't have those moments of weakness. What we need is reality, (laughs) is us to be really grounded in our reality and reality. And the reality is, is sometimes the world hurts. (laughs) Sometimes we hurt ourselves. Sometimes the world hurts us. And again, it's, it's all by design. So I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that before we move into the stages that we're in on our womanhood journey. Yeah, actually, as I was listening to you, I was having that body memory of that moment, dancing to that song in your class. And um, it's really just like, I blew my own roof off (laughs) in that moment. I was like, I knew I was in there and there you are, you know? Uh And it was just like, even the activation um, from the words of the song, my true lover is with me. Like I am it. I am it. You are it, you know? And that has been the awakening. There is no external validation. There is no wrong way to do it. You know, we, we are the muse, we are the sage, we are the oracle, we are divine. And we don't always wake up every day in this human experience feeling that way. So the gift of being able to just say yes, step in and see what comes up, you know, like how deep are we willing to go? Thank you for giving me a safe container to experience that moment of absolute self-forgiveness and self-love because that is what 
I took away with me. That is what lives in me now. And just hearing you um, recap that moment, it's like my body remembers that feeling. And, and so that's what I get to return to at any time I choose that moment of absolute empowerment. Like I am limitless and this is what it feels like when I am truly in my own essence. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do you have time to go over a little bit on this episode? Yeah. Yeah. There's a question that I have for you. (laughs) Okay. So you've forgiven your mother. Have you forgiven the church? Hmm. Yes and no. Yes, because I'm not going to judge the whole institution because of what one person did. I know that there are, are, are many people who abuse authority. Um, and I can also see... I can also see the beauty in what religion offers. I am very clear that that way of spirituality is not for me. Um, The God of my understanding that I grew up with was very hellfire and brimstone, you know, very vengeful, um, perpetuated humans as these subservient unworthy, lowly creatures. And I am not that. I do not identify with that. I do not feel that in my bloodstream. So even though I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the teaching, there are still those threads of truth that are universal that connect us all. And so I can separate what happened to me with a person of authority within the church from the teachings and how they are, you know, in their own right, a blueprint for how to live a more connected, valuable life in earth school. Mm -hmm. And so much more. So, yes, I have forgiven the church, and some of it is still tender. Because yeah. it, it, it brings up that, that Madonna whore complex, you know, that, that's what it is. And I'm seeing it still reflected to me um, through other people in my life, men and women. You know, there's that cultural conditioning of black and white thinking that doesn't leave room for all of the other stuff, <laughs> for the lack of a better word, that's that's actually real and present all the time, you know? For me, it's another box that I choose not to be in. 
you know. And just because that's my decision doesn't mean that that's the right decision for somebody else, clearly. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's it's so multi-layered. And, you know, I, I again, um, I've been on this path of not even, for me, it was like, I didn't even know that I was in a place to feeling like I needed to forgive the church and the the masculine face of god for example and jesus and 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 that actually came to me in a plant medicine ceremony a couple of years ago and i was like holy shit i had no idea that i even needed to go there and i really went on this exploration with myself and um i realized so because the reason why i asked that is because so much of what you expressed in the beginning was around liberation and freedom and i realized how much that i was actually holding myself back how much i was not forgiving others not forgiving myself how much i was judging others how much i was triggered by others how much i was wanting others to accept me for who i am and i wasn't doing the same and so I think it's that piece of, again, it's multi-layered, it's multifaceted, it's okay if we have our moments, but ultimately what I'm hearing from you is very similar to what I've experienced over the past few years is my ability to allow people to be who they are and to believe in what they believe in and to trust in their journey and to trust and to not expect me to know what their journey is and why they're here and why they're believing in what they believe in and why they're associating what they associate with. And that's created so much spaciousness inside of me because our needing to be right as a human species and our needing for to belong, right? Like in order to belong, these people need to agree with me, right? That's what we're indoctrinated into what we, what we absolutely know is not true. And I would imagine you and I have a lot of similarities and synchronicities, but I'm sure there's plenty of things that we do. Like I started praying the rosary again, because I started going back to the roots, like the divine mother roots of, of what that like, object represented for me and just going back into like, where am I triggered? Where do I not agree? When I, when I recite a Hail Mary, where am I like, I don't believe this. This doesn't feel right. Where am I wanting to change the words? Where am I still feeling some type of way, right? Just to like play. And I feel like if we can all notice the parts where we're like, if this still triggers us, an opening gets to happen. Like, why am I still triggered? Why am I still not wanting to associate with this thing or say I am not that, right? And how that creates more separation. And so again, forever a student, like I still have my moments of eye rolls. And it's like, I'm like, wait, who am I? Who am I to judge? Who am I? Like the more that I believe that we do this work with ourselves and we really connect with our divinity, the more that we're able to be in relationship. And again, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that these people get to be in our life. Like with your mother, that soul contract could have absolutely, right? Like we don't have to forgive someone 
by talking to them over the phone. We can forgive people who are no longer in this earth plane, right? We can we can move so much through our own experience and our own healing journey. Only you know if she's meant to be in your life in whatever capacity. And that's the beautiful thing is like, okay, there might still be a little bit there with trust. Hmm, okay, where am I not trusting myself? Where am I not trusting other, right? Where am I still holding on to this thing? It's just, it's again, the willingness and the open-mindedness of like, oh, there's still something there. Okay, like I'm not making myself wrong for it. I'm not trying to get somewhere quickly. I'm not trying to fix this thing and make it go away, right? To feel better. It's like, oh, there it is again. Okay, I thought I was through that and there's a little bit more. So that felt really important to share because that's been emerging for me a lot in the realm of spirituality. Like there's dogma, in all forms of spirituality, because it's what the human mind does. It's like, this is the way, this is what they, right? You want to come over here. This is what it is. This is what it means to be a, you know, spiritual being having a human experience. Um, And so I just want people to feel into that. Like, this is the work. It's like, I had this experience, maybe from this lifetime, maybe not, maybe a combination of a little bit of everything. And this is the willingness that it takes to understand why do I judge other people? Why am I triggered? Why am I reactive? Where am I wanting to belong? And 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 and, and banishing myself, right? Where do I where do I do that? Where do I try to banish others? Where do we ridicule others? Where do we pretend that we've got all the answers and they don't? Right? Like this is that like humility that I'm really hearing from you. Yeah, the when I left my mother's care when I was 11, it really was what I describe as the beginning of my self-imposed exile, you know? And it is challenging for me to separate my mother from the church because she's a born-again minister. I'm also aware that I will never be who she wants me to be, which is, you know, the prodigal daughter returns, you know, she wants me to take up the work with her. The irony is, is that we support other women primarily in similar ways, but, you know, her, her structure, her belief system is very old school Christian. I'll just call it that. And I still have my rebellious teenager that shows up, you know, I I've tried cultivating a relationship, a working relationship by setting boundaries, um, with her. And really it it just like, it came to, you know, she, she sends me Bible verses instead of saying, hello, good morning. How are, are you, you know, like kind of mainstream like how to approach a conversation with somebody that you don't really talk to every day (laughs) sort of thing but you know and I have a little bit of dark humor in the fact that you know my mom was like I'll pray for you sweetie and my response was great mom I'll dance naked in the woods for you (laughs) you know (laughs) like and that's how I feel about it I 
commune with the divine and the God of my understanding in nature. I don't need to go, you know, do these particular uh, practices at a particular place, you know, with a roof and a floor. So I think that there is a big uh, difference between organized religion and, and spirituality, you know, and I just identify more with the other, even though I was brought up Christian, you know, and I'm not saying that it's good or bad because I don't even like those words in my vocabulary. It's just different. Yeah. Mm. Well, and it's like whenever anyone tries to impose their beliefs onto another, regardless of what it is, right? That's where we know, right? That's, there's no, there's no acceptance there. Right. There's, there's not an openness and it's interesting, right? Because your mother actually, I believe like from what I'm hearing from you, it's almost like she is the archetype of the church in a lot of ways for you. And so, yeah, I mean, this is such a a deep conversation, but it's, it's so powerful. I'm watching this, this series right now, all of a sudden last night on extraterrestrials. (laughs) It's a four episode mini series where people had these experiences and the government shut them down and people ridiculed. And there was one at a school in Zimbabwe where 60 children had this extraterrestrial experience where the being came and the being was telling them about how to take care of the planet and why it's important to love this planet. And they were explaining how it was all communicated telepathically and all of the adults shut them down. And I'm like, okay, I was guided to watch this because again, it's the same thing of like, just because somebody else can't fathom it to be true, it doesn't mean that people don't get to share their experience, right? It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't, it didn't mean that it's not reality. And so that's the difference is that until we can all just move through our our stuff, Right. And have the courage to look at where the wounds are so that we can allow people to be exactly where they are. Right. Like love and accept exactly where our parents came from and their parents came from and their parents came from, no matter how much we disagree or how much we don't understand. That's what I believe that the future is. And just that one piece of like these children who were probably ranging from like six to 12 had adults telling them that they're liars, had adults telling them this isn't your experience. And then to hear their adult lives 20 plus years later, talking about the trauma and the healing and what it took for them to actually be able to trust that they could speak their experience, that they could actually be heard and use their voice because of what had happened. It's just really enlightening me in terms of like how important it is to foster children and letting them be themselves and letting them share their experience and letting them live and letting them teach us. So as we're coming back full circle to my understanding that I'm not creating this little boy inside of me, I'm creating the body, safe container, you know, uh, a safe home. He's got, he's got a lot 
of wisdom. He's got a lot of lessons. He's got a lot of inspiration. He's got a lot to share. And I want, that's my ultimate goal as a mother is to just create this availability of letting this child be themselves, not trying to project what I believe he should be or who he should be or how he should act or what he should believe in or how he should pray or how he should. Yes. I love that you're providing that for him. And, you know, children, we do come onto this planet with a lot of wisdom. And every day that we're alive, we start to forget. But I love everything that you just said, because, and I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Um, As a child, I had very different experiences with the other side of the veil. And there was a real continuous fear of persecution, both with my mother and, you know, with our religion, because like, I literally got kicked out of Sunday school for saying that I believe that the angels were aliens. <laughs> like I was disfellowshipped from more than one church because of saying things like that, because I was always asking questions that made people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And what I was met with was that I was crazy, you know, mm-hmm. or it meant I was going to have to go talk to a doctor. I might be hospitalized. I might have to like have an exorcism or be baptized in one more church. It was just, it was completely unacceptable for me to be myself. and. That is exactly the premise of everything that I did not want to be as a parent. Because I don't believe that children should be seen and not heard. That's how I was raised. No, (laughs) I'm not on board with that. Like, I know that both you and I are the kind of women that allow the unfolding of another human's journey organically whatever shows up and i know that you have the strength to really foster that independence in your little soul big little big soul baby boy so <laughs> i appreciate i wanted that. to put that in there before i forgot because it felt really yeah we've together there oh thank you for sharing um there's a, there's a movie and it's interesting that I'm like, wow, why am I fascinated with this all of a sudden? The Michael Pena movie, A Million Miles Away, based on a true story, migrant farmer turned astronaut. And sure enough, like asking questions like, why do we have stars? I think that's what he said. Like, why are there stars in the universe? You know, just asking these questions from a very young age and drawing pictures and it was his teacher who really one. It was one teacher who led him to believe that it was possible, and he did it. And I'm just very fascinated by all of all of it. It's it's really interesting. But what I'm noticing is like that. It's always that divine dance between protection and allowing, right? Because it's our role as mothers <laughs> to protect but also to not try to control 
right? And to also create the space. So I'm noticing, like, I'm very drawn to these books and documentaries now, just noticing, ah, this is where they went too far. Okay, this is what it took, right? This is, okay. And of course, we make mistakes all the time. We're going to make mistakes in motherhood, just like we make make mistakes in life. So let's close with this, because, I mean, we could clearly do this all day. And I know I've already taken up a lot of your time. It's funny, I started... Most of the time, the episodes are an hour, but I interviewed this this guy the other day who reached out to me on Instagram and wanted to be on the show. And we talked for two hours. I mean, it was just like, we couldn't stop. And we just, so I might start to be like, we're gonna not have an end to this because we don't wanna stop it if there's conversations that get to come through. So I'm in my motherhood journey. <laughs> And you sent me a message last week. Do you want to share with our community what you're going through and all of the downloads that you received and why you were so eager to share it with me and how we're actually both, even though in differing stages of our journeys in this lifetime in the form of what it means to be a woman per se, lots of synchronicities, but of course, some differences, um, but how, how they're kind of weaving together. Well, I will do my best to recap. I think I just uh, left you that message and then went about my business. Um, So I know that part of it was sharing with you that through this experience of really learning what it is to be an embodied woman, to be in the confidence and to, you know, release a lot of that trauma and move through those emotions to create the energetic pathways to be at a fuller capacity to experience like a broader spectrum of emotionality, you know? So just really, really creating that space. And then at the beginning of our conversation this morning, you brought it to my attention that why that's important for me is Because just when we think that we have mastered something, like we have arrived, and I always say I I have a graduated, right? This is the ever unfolding rose here. Um, That the next level presents itself. And for me, you know, that's looking like uh, being in perimetopause. And and I, I had suspected a couple of years ago that. I was going through the change. And so I went and and I went to the doctor and I got my blood work done and all of that. And it turns out I wasn't, but intuitively, like we know what's going on in our bodies. So even though it wasn't like showing up in my lab work, I knew that I was at the threshold of that season. And I'm not really like through the doorway yet or anything, but it's brought up this whole new layer of self-acceptance because there's this grief and this sadness that's coming up for me about losing my youth, not being as attractive anymore, feeling physically uncomfortable with my body, which are activating some trust issues because I don't know What's going to happen next? You know, like, am I going to have a moon time? Am I not going to like, what does this all mean? And who does that, you know, it's like my identity wants to attach itself to something 
you know, and for a lot of us, when we think about going through the change, we think of the wicked old witch, you know, the crone hermit living alone in the woods, which I fully could embrace that. There is a side of me that's already there, but it's also described as the goddess of achievements. We're entering the, the time of the goddess of achievements where our legacy has become the center of attention. You know, like for me, my baby's turning 18 November 11th. He's my 11-11 baby. So my youngest is about to be a legal adult. And my oldest, you know, is 25. And so I am in the season that I'm in now. And there's this, like I said, this whole nother level of acceptance and trust and um, celebration, you know, first comes the, oh, I don't like how this feels. I'm sad. I'm grieving. What does this mean? Am I still attractive? Um, Am I dried up? Like, it doesn't mean that we're some dried up old husk now, you know, like, (laughs) believe me, I still feel plenty juicy. But there's a part of me that's like, what comes next? And I have a high propensity for delving into the voyage of the unknown. And so I am embracing this as well. And I'm just now getting to the point of celebration. So there was, um, and I'll have to look this up because I don't remember the name of the book or the author, but much like the red tent when we as young women are entering our time of menstruation and young womanhood, there's also a ceremony for for sisters coming together that are celebrating the change that they're going through in that time of entering the goddess of achievements. So it's revered as a rite of passage into that next season rather than You've now reached an expiration date. It's all downhill from here, which is the very 3D, you know, cultural way, perhaps, that we've been modeled um, this transition in womanhood. So, yes, I love that you are, you're a first time mama, you know, and it's like we, we together are creating this complete circle. Um, you know, obviously I'm going to continue to be a mom, but for my time that I've identified with as more of the maiden and mother is now reaching a level of completion and blooming into this next, this next journey, this next season. So, Mm. I'm pretty impressed. I re-listened to your voice message from last week and I think you had summed it all up pretty beautifully. So um, my uh, my soul sister, Rima Bonario, she has added queen in between mother and crone. So it's just like the four seasons, right? Maiden to mother to queen to crone. So that feels celebratory to me, right? Because there's still so much. I'm in my queendom then. You're in your queendom. Yeah. And again, presencing the humanness of, let me just tell you that first trimester, there was a lot of resistance on my end. I felt 
like what is happening to my body. I felt like I had no autonomy over my body. I, everything was changing my hormones, I food aversions, levels of exhaustion. I didn't know were possible uh, in the middle of moving, just added stressors, just having to shift things in my business. I mean, just also temporarily living with my dad in between moving from Florida to North Carolina, being surrounded by men who no matter how much they want to try to support, they will never understand what it's like unless you're in the experience. And it required so much surrender. And that's what I'm, I'm grateful that you shared that, right? Because then it was like, okay, right? So now I'm in my second trimester and it's like, okay, like I got it, right? And then things change again and things keep continuing to change. And the grief is so real. I mean, the amount of times that I'm like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to be able to shower alone again or pee alone again? Or think about just myself for once (laughs) ever again. Yes, I'm sure, but it'll be a long time. Right. And so the humanness and the, the, just the, just presencing, like I had moments where I was like, I don't want this right now. This is not what I planned. My plan was to move and to have everything perfectly wrapped up with a bow and to have everything figured out. And then I was going to start my family and to just be okay with like, there was the part of me that wasn't ready, that didn't feel ready, that didn't want it, that didn't want to accept it. And also the part of me who knew that this is exactly what I wanted and exactly what I needed and exactly what I've been preparing for, but allowing all of that. And that's, again, what I'm hearing from you is we have got to grieve the part of us that we're transitioning out of in order to make room for the new, in order to embrace the new. And it's scary. Like, it's like, who are you now? Right. For me, it's like, who am I as a mother? And for you, it's like, who am I with adult children? It's a different identity. And I think it circles back to what we were talking about with institutionalized anything, religion. But like this, we want to attach to the thing. We want to, it's like, this is who I am. I've got it, right? Like the mind's like, I can hold on to this. I am Michelle the mother, (laughs) right? I am Lindsay, the entrepreneur, the service-led entrepreneur, right? And there's a part of me that is afraid that I won't have that anymore. There's afraid that I have, like that I'm afraid that I have to sacrifice my soul work in order to be a mother. And I know that that's a story. I know that that's not true. I know that I get to have this full life and do it all, right? And same thing with you. Just like your motherhood journey is far from over but you get to be in the celebration of your queendom. So yeah, there's definitely some golden threads woven throughout this conversation. And um, it's interesting because I've already had Lindsay Lee on, on the podcast and she's a beautiful soul who also you're in her program or you were in her program, right? So the, the beauty continues and you've got your own program that you're in the process of developing that's launching soon. And what yeah, I talked about October 14th, really soon. <laughs> October 14th. So what I want to share is I'm realizing as my work is shifting, I am like, okay, I don't have to do everything myself. 
I don't have to do it all alone. And there are those of you who have been in my work and other work and everything in between who are taking the torch and creating your own containers, your own empowerment and embodiment and activating portals for women who are ready to say yes. And it makes me feel so relieved and so (laughs) held and also so proud that this is how it works. Like I don't have to do all of this and I don't have to do all of this alone. And as my work evolves, others are going to continue to bring it and there with their flavor. So talk about it. What is it? When is it? And then also talk about your books. Talk about the ways people can get in touch with you. Just tell everybody how they can get all of the luscious Michelle Lieber in their life. I love it. My brain got stuck on uh, something you said earlier about, will I ever be able to like use the bathroom by myself again? And I, <laughs> I would say give it four years because, you know, the dogs and it's pretty much a family reunion <laughs> every time you need to go to the bathroom. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, so yeah, I have a, an embodiment journey program called Becoming Sanctuary which is really tying together both of my uh, chapter essays that I, one that I've, that's already been published um, last July 13th. And that one is Turning Point, Empowering Stories, Volume 2. In that book, my chapter is The Divine Wild Mother Becoming Sanctuary. So I've now taken what was created from that journey into my own embodiment program, which I'm offering beginning October 14th through November 26th. So it's a seven week program, a container for other women that are ready to explore and gift themselves the, the privilege of experiencing this healing modality, you know? And I have witnessed some huge transformation, not only in myself, but other women that have either done the work with me or that I get to be in community with supporting other uh, sisters that are continuing the work too, because we really have created um, a beautiful foundation and a strong lineage, you know? So I love the way we support each other in this work, on this journey as it evolves and is now offered in in multiple ways by a few of us that are continuing to put our own flavor out there. So I'm actually really excited to offer this next piece. And I have some other things on the burner. So I have the, the other anthology piece that I've been currently working on is for a book called Sacred Connection. And my chapter in that is called A Woman Reborn, where I talk about a lot of the relationship that we've already sort of, you know, fleshed out a bit here in our conversation about the the mother wound, um, identity, as well as, you know, where, where my stuck trauma was at the beginning of this journey and how I have moved through that and how I now 
feel very strongly called that this is part of what I get to offer to other women as well. Because I have seen women who at the very beginning could barely even be on camera. I remember what that feels like too. You know, thinking, how does my hair look? Yes, my teeth are crooked. You know, is my mascara smeared? I wore this shirt yesterday. Like all the bullshit, right? That we start playing through our heads. So to be able to see somebody coming from that place of, I don't even know if I can be on camera with a bunch of other women to full on stepping up and dropping into a piece of music and allowing her body to move the way it wants to move because it's not a performance. It's really allowing it to move identifying where the things are trapped, the emotions, the trauma in our body, being able to identify it while standing there bravely in our vulnerability to be witnessed. There is so much magic in that process. So having been on the receiving side of it, you know, being the one who in the moment is being witnessed And then also being able to adorn other women to see them and to see them receive the gift of being seen. That is what it's all about for me. So there are little nuggets in both of my anthology chapter essays. And now the most recent project that I'm working on is creating my own Oracle deck. So uh, today I'm actually starting a four month process of working in another sistership container where we're supporting each other for four months while we each individually create our own Oracle deck to be on point with my brand and all things, uh, Michelle, I'm calling mine the divine wild sanctuary Oracle, because that Mm. really feels like it's bringing together everything that I've been sharing about myself. And yeah, it is my vibration. I did not know you were doing, is it with the Stara you're doing the Oracle deck? Yes, yes. She really, really is the perfect writing midwife. He is flower of life press shout out to Astara. And I, this is why it's so fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, I connected you. Well, actually Astara was on the podcast and that's when you heard the episode. Yes. That's how you kind of, you know, this is how it works. Like we were like, Ooh, there is a resonance. Okay. And then we follow there that. is a knowing that happens when, you know, like when you and I met, it just clicked. The meter clicked. Everything made sense. It was very much the same experience that I had with Astara. Witnessing her on your podcast. I saw her. I listened to her. I felt her. And I said, I'm going to work with her. Can you connect us? Oof, magic happens. And this is the power because I actually was just sitting with it. I'm like, do I want to create an Oracle deck? And then I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm in emptying mode. This is not your time, maybe in the future, but this is how we've got to be in our bodies in order to know, like, 
I cannot wait to get my hands on your deck. I'm sure there's plenty of other sisters that I know and also don't know that are going to be in that creation mode. Um, and this is the power of it. So we're going to make sure we put everything in the show notes um, that's currently available. And then when your big Mac mom, I'm going to call it Mac mama, not Mac daddy. When your big Mac mama book comes out, um, which by the way, like, are you just, yes, I didn't even talk about that. <laughs> Oh, did I thought so, you did? Yeah, the me- my memoir series. Memoir, yes. Which is called Daughter. Daughter. And okay. it has all of the dirt, all of the dirt of my, <laughs> and, you know, and yes. So these are just little nuggets. The second anthology piece that I'm currently working on, this will be available November 11th on my son's 18th birthday. And that mm-hmm. one is through, um, the center of influence publishing beautiful and that's online too so we'll make sure we include everything in the show notes below the ways to get in touch if you're curious and interested in michelle's body of work her program is starting very very soon and i think when i asked you i think it was only just like a few days before like i've had pl- i've said yes to things 24 hours before 4 hours before you know, the doors are finally closing. And so it can be four months before, it can be four hours before, but you'll know if you know. Um, And as you were talking about being on screen, again, like (laughs) I keep getting this impulse. This whole time I'm like, "Um, I worked out and I didn't have time to shower before this and my hair looks oily and what's going on with my lighting? I don't feel radiant today. You know, it's like, I'm having these moments of presence. And then it's like, nope, there you are. Oh, there it is again. Oh, the humanness is so real and it's okay. And I'm like 70,000 thoughts a day. There's going to be some that are like, go wash your hair, go take a shower. (laughs) You look like this on camera. But again, people are feeling our auras. People are receiving the medicine of the vibration of the words, right? It doesn't matter what we look like, although it is fun to look sassy and I'm loving you. I don't know, whatever. It it almost looks like your necklace looks like the... um, It's a scarab. A scarab. That's what I was going to say. It looks like an Egyptian scarab and you've got your amazing red on, which you know I love you in red. There's something with Michelle in the red. That's deeply activating and yeah, just bringing the like, yeah, we're going to have moments where we don't feel our best or feel like we look our best, but we can still be in our power. We can still be present. We can still give a hundred percent of whatever percentage we're feeling that day. And that's what I believe you really bring to the table, Michelle. So what a gift to witness your journey. Thank you for saying yes to yourself. Thank you for saying yes to our relationship and you know, you and I are not in that intimate sisterhood container anymore. We're not in, you know, you've graduated from my my year-long program. So we don't, we're not with each other every single day like we were for many years. And it's almost better because every time I sit in front of you or every time we connect, I'm blown away by <laughs> what you're cultivating and where you're at in the form of vibration, it's kind of blowing my mind. And so I think that's the beauty of having those moments where I can come back and be like, oh my gosh, hasn't been that long and look at what she's creating, look what she's, you know, cultivating in the world. So thank you. Well, I received that and I appreciate you 
expressing that. Thank you for creating this time to be in presence intimately with me. I feel like we're just, you know, two girlfriends sitting at the kitchen table having coffee. And that's the way I love everything to feel, you know, it's back to that vibration. It's like, this truly is a come as you are. There, there is no, you know, look good. If you want to look good, look good. <laughs> and just be who, you know, just come as you are, like they say. And so thank you for helping me embody that, that safe container that gives other people permission to just show up. Just show up and see what unfolds. That's all we can do. And thank you for staying over time because I feel like we needed to touch on all of these important topics. So. Has it even been, has it been more than an hour? I told you I'm not on the linear time space yeah. continuum uh-huh. right now. I'm like, okay, but there's clearly, we're going to have a part two, perhaps when a couple more of your projects come out, we'll have a part two and see what wants to unfold there. But I, I I really do appreciate you going there for sharing your journey, sharing your story. Just every time, again, I learn something new about you, it just makes me feel more connected to you. And I think, again, that's, that's where your gifts really lie. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, thank you. I so, love you so much. I love you too. Remember to check out the show notes and We'll definitely put the ways that you can get in touch with Michelle related to her program, related to all of the books she's got on the horizon and everything in between. All right, Soul Fam, thanks for tuning in. Much love. Much love. Thank you for your presence and tuning in today. I believe in the power of reciprocity. So if you found value from this episode, I invite you to share the love. There are endless ways to do so, including leaving a rating and written review on Apple, forwarding the episode link to a loved one, reaching out to me on social media to say hi at Lindsay Martin Ellis, or sending me a love note via email at lindsay at lindsaymartinellis.com. I so appreciate you and your support. It's truly what keeps me going. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Lindsay Martin Ellis Experience. Much love.